Welcome to Elevate. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Happy to be in Elevate today. Everybody say, out the grave. Long time ago. I was just about to go there. Uh, I love Jesus. If you love Jesus, clap your hands. If you love Jesus, clap your hands one time. If you love Jesus, clap your hands two times, three times, five times. Cool, cool. All right, cool. I was trying to make a song, but I got no rhythm, so I can't extend my rhythm to you because I got nothing to give. Thank you, TJ. But a while ago, I, I made this, this uh, chant, and it was, Christ is out the grave. So I say, Christ is out the grave. You say, it's a rave, it's a rave. And then I say, Christ is out the grave. And then you say, no more slaves, no more slaves. The reason why we don't say that is because all my friends in here said it was too complicated. It was too much, too much switching up. But let's try it. How about this? Can you do that? Do it for the Lord, right? I'm going to say, Christ is out the grave. You're going to say, not it's, it's a, because it's us too proper. It's a, it's a, like, like drop the, it's a. Right? Issa. Right? You can say it's, but the it's has to be very soft. Issa. Rave. And then I'm going to say Christ is out the grave, and you're going to say no more slaves, no more slaves. I'm telling you, it's going to catch on, right? Catch on. Every year I'm going to keep doing this until it catches on. All right, you ready? I'm going to take that as a yes. Christ is out the grave. Christ is out the grave. All right, a little confused on that last time. Let's try one more time, all right? I'm sorry. We got to do this. Well, we don't have to, but let's try, okay? Christ is out the grave. Christ is out the grave. All right, we'll stop right there. I won't torture you no more, but it was good. You guys did good. Good. Give a hand clap for Jesus. He's out the grave. It's good to know. By the way, a rave is a very crazy party, right? In the world, they have a rave. You know, people get hurt. People forget things, but for us, you know, we're alive, we're celebrating, it's like, you know, freedom, you know, we're jumping up and down, celebrating Jesus, but as you can tell, we're going to talk about the resurrection. What just happened last Sunday? Easter, and Easter, how many of you think it's pagan? That was just a test. You may grow up, you're going to go to high school, maybe some guy, he's going to be like, man, you believe in Jesus? And you're going to be like, yeah, do you? Nah, man, dude, you celebrate Easter? Yeah, oh, man, see, you're a pagan just like me. Easter is this goddess called Ishtar, and, and they're going to say all these weird things. I want to help you understand. Easter is basically a word that comes from the Greek word, and I'm going to kind of butcher it a little bit, but it's spelled like it sounds, it sounds like, you know, by itself, the spelling, Oester, Oester, O-E-S-T-E-R, right? So that's the Greek word. That's where we get Easter from. They... They've called it Easter for a long time, all right, before they knew about Ishtar. So Easter is a Christian holiday in which we celebrate the resurrection, right, which Jesus is out the grave. Everybody say, out the grave. So he's out of there. He ain't in there no more, okay? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. Here's the thing. Many of you, I don't know how long or when or where you became a Christian. I don't know. 
Uh, if you're always going to be a Christian, I pray to God that all of you would remain Christians. But you have your free choice. No one can force you to be a Christian. No one can drag you to church your whole life. There's going to be a point where it's like when you say, I don't want to go to church, you don't have to go. And you're going to have to make that decision. There's going to come a point where, you know, you're going to be faced with sin and you're going to have the decision. Do I sin? Maybe I could. Maybe I don't. No one is going to force you to do that. However, there's something that we should understand. That, that doesn't depend on your feelings. It doesn't depend on your uh, age. What it depends on is truth. Everybody say truth. truth. See, Jesus actually said this, that anyone who sins is a slave to sin. All right? But he doesn't say that, uh, you know, the only way to get free is to work really hard, do many religious things. But he connects freedom with the truth. He says, if you hold on to my teachings, then you'll be my disciples. And the truth shall set you free. So the truth sets you free. Everybody say the truth. The big thing about us as Christians is we should be obsessed with the truth. The truth should be what we desire to know at all times. So as a Christian, we should know why we believe in the resurrection. And not only that, we should love the, the resurrection. We should love talking about it. We should dream about it. We shouldn't just think about it once a year. This should actually be a focal point of our lives, the resurrection. The resurrection should actually be more important to us than the idea of going to heaven. The resurrection is the most important thing that we can think of because the resurrection is what Jesus said is going to happen to us. Now, in this passage, this is Paul writing. Now, we'll get to who Paul is, but if we can go up 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 9. If we can go up a little bit, good sir. It says right here, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. Everybody say, the gospel. He's reminding them of the gospel that he preached to them, which they received, on which uh, they have taken their stand. They're standing on the gospel. They're doing good. By this gospel, you are saved. Everybody say, saved. If, everybody say if, you hold firmly, don't have to say that, you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Now what did he preach? In vain means you believed for no reason, you believed for a meaningless reason. For what I received, I passed on to you. So what I got, I give. And as of the first importance, it's the most important thing, and this is it, this is the gospel, y'all ready for the gospel? It's not some really good singer it's not just some Jesus loves you. No, that's not the gospel. This is the gospel. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And he appeared to Cephas. That's Peter. All right, that's the, that's the I believe, the Aramaic word for Peter. So if you're wondering who Cephas, right, just in your mind, Peter. And then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500. Everybody say 500. Five Benjamins, 500. 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a big state right, statement right there. It says he appeared to over 500 people after he was raised from the dead, and he appeared to them at what time? The same time. The same time. So think about that. How many, how many disciples did Jesus have? So we think 12. No, he had 12 apostles. He had those 12 close disciples. But Jesus had hundreds of followers, people that had been following him, 
people that have been seeing his ministry, right? People that kind of abandoned him at the cross, the truth right there. But 500 wasn't just Peter, it wasn't just James, it wasn't just John, 500. Keep that in mind. Most of whom are still living. So they're mostly living right now. Keep that in mind. Though some have fallen asleep, that means died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, Paul, as to one abnormally born. And I'll get to a reason why he says that. For I am the least of the apostles. I do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted. Everybody say persecuted. We know what persecuted means, right? It means to mock. It means to beat. It means to steal. It means to kill another person based off their beliefs. That's what Paul did. And he did that to the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than the rest of them, yet not I, but the grace of God was in me. So that's a big thing. The grace of God changed Paul. How many of you have been changed by the grace of God? How many of you have been set free because of God's grace? If you haven't been set free by God's, by God's grace, then you're still a slave to sin. It's only by God's grace that we can have a conversion, meaning it's a change of character, a change of heart. So here's my question to you, right? You read that, right? Why do we believe in the resurrection? This is important to understand. Why believe the resurrection? I say it's simple. It happened. Facts. That's it. It happened. But how do we know, right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 12 through 19. How many of you think that's an important question to ask? Here's the thing. This is the most important question to ask of all eternity. There is no eternity without the resurrection. There is no, there's no reason to ask this question if if it's not true. This is the most important question ever. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 12 to 19. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection in the dead? So many Christians were saying no one resurrects. That's not possible. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. Everybody say useless. And so is your faith. It's big. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. And he did not raise him, in fact, then the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. If only for this life we have hope in Christ. So if only for this hope, only for this life, this life that we live, these 67 years, if this is all the hope we have in Christ, then we are to be of all people most pitied. That's big. This is what Paul is saying, is that if Christ, if Christ didn't resurrect, then there is no point of doing any of this. There is no point if Christ did not resurrect. That means if Christ did not resurrect, then you shouldn't be a Christian. Because you're a liar about God, you're still in your sins, and you're useless. Your faith is useless. That means what I'm doing in this mic, it's useless. But he says, Christ has indeed been raised. But why do we believe that? Can we go to uh, the slides, please? Right now, I want you guys to think, right? Everybody points to your noggin. Point to your brain. When you come to church, don't stop thinking. Point to your brain. 
Don't stop thinking, right? How many of y'all like to think? Y'all read a book, you think. Y'all see a TV show, you think. Maybe you're chilling, you think of this crazy concept, and you're like, man, that's pretty crazy. Is water wet? How many of y'all were stuck on that trend for for a while? Is water wet? That got y'all thinking, right? This should get you thinking more. This should get you thinking more. This should get you thinking more. Why believe in the resurrection? It's, there's a lot of answers as to why. Let's go through them. Uh, let's go through uh, the witnesses slide. It has attested witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. I'm not talking about Jehovah Witnesses, the dudes that wear, the girls that wear skirts and the guys that wear suits and they walk around asking you if you believe in Jesus, but then they hand you a magazine that says Watchtower is kind of weird. Not talking about them, but I'm talking about people that saw something. Uh, how many of you like Chicago PD up in here or like Law and Order, right? Usually what they do is they, when they're investigating a crime, they try to find what? Witnesses. That is what they're looking for. When we come to the, the uh, encounter that people had with Jesus, the resurrected Christ, we need to find witnesses. If you guys want a good book, it's a little, it's a little meaty, but it's apologetics, a justification for the Christian belief. Let's go to the next slide. So everybody say first witnesses. How many of y'all are happy for Mama's Day coming up soon? Yep. My wife is going to celebrate her first Mother's Day, God willing, this May and I'm excited, right? How many of y'all just realized that in March it was Women's Month, National Women's How many of y'all know that, right? Women done some awesome things. Did you know that the first witnesses in the Bible of Christ's resurrection, the first witnesses were women? Everybody say women. The first witnesses were women. Why is this important? Because if you wanted to spread a lie back then or a new religion, that ain't the way. You don't have women be the first witnesses, let me help you understand. Women back then were expecting to do much other than to get married and raise children. They weren't expected to, uh, to start revolutions. They weren't expected to start businesses. They weren't expected to do much. The fact that the gospel in the first century in a place where you could get divorced, let's say, Kanina, she made some food. I didn't like it, but she made it again. I didn't like it, and then she made it again, and I didn't like it. I'm like, man, I need a woman to cook. Here's the divorce. I'm leaving. They could do that. You're able to divorce for random reasons. So women were treated as less than, still understood as the image of God, but there was this kind of cultural uh, kind of baggage attached to that for some reason. So the fact that the Bible, right, if it's a lie, why say, well, you know, women saw it. Women were the first ones to see and find out that Christ resurrected. Mary in Mark chapter 26, uh, the last chapter of Mark, verse 9, Christ first appears to Mary, the first people to find the empty tomb was Mary, Mary, Joanna, and another woman. I can't remember her name. But they went there, and they found the tomb was empty. That's to the first ones to see the angelic visitation. Why would they trust women? They would not believe women at first. Even nowadays, you know, you have to have a movement now, right? There's that movement, Me Too, because a lot of people weren't believing women when they claimed to be victims. So for many years, even women, when it came to what they were going through, even recently, uh, in terms of sexual abuse, they wouldn't have believed. What they were going through, domestic abuse, they wouldn't have believed. So if, if we're having trouble with believing women in the 21st century, why would we believe women in the first century? Big thing, first witnesses. This is an actual argument. If we wanted to spread a lie, we wouldn't spread it through women. That's the first argument of the resurrection. It would make no sense. It's like defeating your point. 
unless, it only makes sense unless it's true. Like how many of y'all exaggerate in this place? We got some exaggerators, don't lie. I'm not saying y'all liars, but let's say, man, all of a sudden a car's about to hit you, but really it's not. It's like 10 feet away, but he turned crazy. So you say, oh my gosh, right? And then when you tell that story, you're like, man, the car was this close to hitting me. I had to jump out the way, right? Now, if something happened, we probably wouldn't believe that person. But if we wanted to start a story or a revolution right, or a religion, why would we now use that person as the first witness? It's kind of similar. Why would they use women as the first witness? Let's go to the next uh, for the witnesses, James. Oh, Paul and Peter. We'll go Paul and Peter. That's okay. See, Paul and Peter are two different backgrounds. The, why that, the reason why I put them together is Paul, what did he do? What did he do to the church of God? Persecute him. He was not. He was an enemy. You didn't, he, didn't, he didn't rock with the church. He hated the church. He witnessed the first killing of a Christian. Matter of fact, he egged them on. He egged them on. How many of you, have, remember I was telling the story of that lady who got jumped, or that guy who got jumped with the girl, it got, you know, with the lock? You remember that? Now imagine that girl with the lock, now becoming best friends with the girl she beat up with the lock. What caused that to happen? Had to be something. Think about that with Paul. These two helped write most of the New Testament. The book of the Gospel of Mark Guess who Mark was talking to for most of his gospel? Peter. Many people talked to Peter to, in order to find out about Christ. Now, they had two different backgrounds. One was a former killer of Christians, persecutor of Christians, loved anything the church was, uh, did not love the church at all. He loved to persecute the church. He was zealous for it. And another was a former fisherman. Two different guys. After Christ, his death, something changes. What changes? What would make a man start to become the person he used to persecute? What would make someone that's like this? Imagine a slave owner from way back in the day, okay? He has a bunch of slaves. He's whipping his slaves. He's beating his slaves. He treats his slaves horribly. One day, out of nowhere, he says, you know what? I'm going to become a slave. See, this is similar to what Paul, Paul hated Christians. Matter of fact, when he found Christ, when he got met, uh, saved by Christ, he was on his way to imprison Christians. What would change this man? That it's an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Peter, a fisherman, not, not really educated by most people's standards, had a wife, was being persecuted, denied Jesus, what would cause him to become a follower of Jesus after denying him? What? I mean, you already seen him die. Why, can, why go back to that? If he died, why not go back to that if you're scared to begin with? It's the resurrection. Only explanation that could happen. They claim to see the resurrected Jesus, and their lives match the claim. Let's go to James, please. How many of y'all knew that Jesus had a half-brother? He had a few, actually. Did you know that he wasn't a, he wasn't a believer? The brother, the half brother of Jesus, was not a follower of Jesus. The half brother of Jesus was not a follower. Matter of fact, he mocked Jesus in the Gospel of John, mocked him. Didn't really follow him. But after the death of Jesus, he becomes a follower of Jesus. That doesn't make any sense. The Jews thought the Messiah was going to reign and just kill everybody and conquer all, all of the world. He believed that. Why is it that when Jesus died, all of a sudden, he's now 
a follower. Shouldn't it be the opposite? What happened? It's the resurrection. Let's go to the next one. Martyrdom. Everybody say martyrdom. Listen, if Christ did not resurrect, martyrs are dumb. Right? But Christ did resurrect. We have martyrdom. Would people die for something they know is a lie? Would people die for a cause that they know is a lie? Especially if they gain nothing for it. Peter was not a rich man. He didn't die a rich man. Paul was more broke as a Christian than he was before a Christian. He had less friends. He had less family. He had less homes. People lost homes, family, businesses. Why would they do that for a lie? Why would they do that for a lie? Why would people die for something knowing it's a lie? You're going to say, well, you know, a lot of people, a lot of religions die for things. But do they know it's a lie? Did the people that bomb people, right, strap bombs to their chest, do they do that in the name of their God knowing it's a lie? No, they don't. They think it's true. But this is the difference, right? Martyrs died for Jesus, not because they thought it was true that Christ resurrected, because they knew it was true that Christ resurrected. There was no lie here. There was, there was no, there was no uh, uh, faking this. Why would you die, risk your family's life? Do you know what they would do with Christians? They would take Christians and their families, and they would throw them into coliseums, and they would have them be eaten alive by Lions. This was sport in the time of Rome. This was sport. Just like we like to watch UFC, getting people, uh, uh, Conor McGregor getting smacked in the face a couple times, right? Mayweather jabbing some dude. They would watch people getting eaten by lions, and they would start cheering for that. And who were the, who were the lucky people to participate in that sport? Christians. Why? Because they claimed Christ is alive. He's king. He resurrected. Now, another uh, another. Just in totality, what I'm saying is the reason why we believe in the resurrection, the church, the history of the church. I asked someone on the street, how do you know that your great, 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 great grandparent was alive? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, bro, you, you're the proof that you had a great, 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 great grandparent. You're the proof. How do we know that people willing to die for this gospel, willing to lose uh, business and money and fame and notoriety and honor. How do we know they knew it was true? How do we know this is true? Well, because they died for it, and the church is here because of it. Matter of fact, there's a saying that the church, uh, the blood of martyrs, the blood of these people, the martyrs, the people who died for the faith, that's the seed of the church. That's why the church grew. Can we go to uh, um, the next slide, please? Here's the thing. Another proof why we should believe is simple. Jesus died. When you talk to anybody, right, that believes Jesus existed, scholars and everything, they're going to say Jesus died. It's an obvious thing. It was, it was seen. Jesus' death was not private. Jesus wasn't assassinated in a private little place, right, and he wasn't just shanked and then thrown away in the garbage. No, no, Jesus died. He died in a crucifixion. Muslims like to say Jesus didn't die. They like to say that. Muslims are dead wrong. Dead wrong. Christ died for our sins. 
The crucifixion is one of the most, if not the most, brutal way to be killed. Think about that. You're hanging from your arms and legs, pierced to some wood, right? Your, your ribs are going to break probably before you even die. You're losing breath. I mean, talk about that. That's a lot of pain. Jesus died before they even took him off the cross. We go to the next slide, please. And this is the big thing, the empty tomb. There was death, but there was no body found. That's a big thing. Jesus died, but yet they could not find his body after three days. I don't know about you. Usually when people die, you go to where they're dead, and there's their body. That's what we do usually when we find mummies, when we find graveyards, right? Now, don't go digging up graves now and seeing if I'm right or wrong. Just trust me on this. Look up History Channel. They're not that weird where they'll start saying stuff like that. You'll, you'll see I'm telling the truth. Empty tomb. Everybody say empty tomb. And this is where I want to get to, right? I've given you guys ev- uh, arguments. It's your, it's your responsibility now. Is the resurrection true? If it is, it should change your world. It should change how you view the world. It should change how you feel about things in the world. It should change how you see people. It should change how you see God. It should change everything about yourself if the resurrection is true. Why? Well, let's go, to, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 23. So I believe the resurrection is reliable. I believe we should believe that Christ resurrected. But what does that do for me? Well, but Christ has indeed raised from the dead, Paul said. The first fruits, everybody say first fruits, of those who have fallen asleep. That means died. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of dead comes also through a, ma- uh, uh, through a man. So death came through a man, Adam. The resurrection of the dead now comes through a man. For as in Adam all die. Everybody say all die. So in Christ all will be made alive. But, in e- but each in turn, Christ the first fruits then when he comes, those who belong to him. So Christ, he's the first one to do it. He's the first one to do it. He's the first one to rise from the dead. What does that mean? Does anybody know? If Jesus is the first, then what does that mean? There has to be a what? There has to be a second. There has to be a second. There has to be someone after. Who are the people that are going to be after the first fruits? It's us, those who belong to him. You see, this is one reason, if not the biggest reason, why the resurrection is important to the Christian. Because we can talk about the death of Jesus all day long, but if we don't talk about the resurrection of Christ, we won't experience that life. That's the type of life Christ wants us to experience, the life that has risen from sin. The life that has risen from sin. If you're still dead in your sin, then you need to look into Christ's resurrection. Because he's risen from that. He's over all that. Without the resurrection, we're dead in our sins. But with the resurrection, we have a risen life, a life that never dies. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verses 5 through 11. If Daryl, you could come to the keys, please. And if the altar workers could come up. Everybody say the resurrection. How many of y'all were baptized not so long ago? Raise your hand. Were you baptized maybe like, uh, you know, Last month or so, right? Or this month, really, the beginning of this month. Right, some of you were baptized. Some of you have been baptized before. This is what happened when, when you were baptized. I want you to, well, this is what baptism symbolizes, really. This is what happened. This is what baptism is trying to teach you. It says, for 
if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Everybody say death. Everybody say resurrection. So Christ died, right? We all, that's, that's attested. But Christ also rose. And it's saying that we're going to go through that as well. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. So that we would no longer live, to slaves, live as slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he, can, he cannot die again. Death no longer has any mastery over him. The death he died. Everybody say the death he died. He died to sin once for all. But everyone say the life he lives. He lives to God. So we have to understand just as Christ died, we die. You have to get that, guys. Your old self, when you come to Christ, is dead. It's dead. It's gone. It's gone. That's what baptism is trying. That's what we're showing the world is that, hey, I'm, I'm a dead man, but I'm alive in Christ. Hey, man, I died, but I live. You see, when you were in that water, your, your, your old self was buried, buried, done. But when you came out of that water, that's the new life. That's the risen you. You see, you can only, in Christ, be alive. In Christ, you can only be alive because death has no mastery over him. That means if you're still living like your old self, then that means you don't believe in the resurrection. Because those who believe that Christ has died and risen, they themselves have died and risen. You see, if you don't die now in this life and rise in this life, you're not going to rise when he comes back. You're not going to belong to the next fruits, the next people to resurrect. So if everyone can stand up, please. Listen, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. Listen, this is it. This is the gospel. Jesus died for our sins according to scriptures, and he raised on the third day according to scriptures. He's risen. He's alive. The tomb is empty. He's out the grave. But where are you? Where are you? Are you still dead in your sins? If you are, you need to be saved. You need to come to Jesus. He's alive. He resurrected. Stop the indecision. Is this true? Is this true? Stop the back and forth between your old life and your new life. You're either dead or you're alive. Make the decision today. Did Christ die for your sins? Did Christ raise from the grave? Then your life should be completely different. Your life should be completely different. If Christ rose from the grave, then you should no longer be a slave. You should be alive in Christ. Sin should no longer have a hold on you. Your old life, the guilt, the shame, the things you used to do, the things that used to uh, trip you up, that should no longer trip you up. Christ saved you from that. We're not talking about a dead God. We're not talking about a historical figure. We're talking about Christ who is alive today and forever. We need to believe that today, Elevate. We need to come out of our tombs now. We need to have an empty tomb. When people look at, back at our life, they need to see an empty tomb. 
They need to see something that's no longer there. They need to be able to say, man, dude, you used to have an attitude. You used to be a pervert. You used to be a liar. You used to be aggressive and angry, but you're no longer like that. I don't see that anymore. You see, Christ, he left his tomb so we can leave our tomb. We're no longer dead in our sins. We're alive, guys. You are alive in Christ. You are alive. You can live like Jesus because Jesus now lives in you. He has made a home in your heart. He is now guiding you. He is now directing you. He now rules over you. The sin that would tangle you up, the sin that used to tell you where to go and, and what to say, that no longer has a place in your life. It's been knocked off the, he's been knocked off the throne. Jesus now is our Lord. He's alive in us. Everyone can bow your heads and close your eyes. Listen, guys, the altar is simple. If you want to have a life like Christ, you've heard about Jesus, you've read about Jesus, but now you say to yourself, I want to live like Jesus. This is the altar for you. This is the altar for you. Believe in the resurrected King. As Daryl and, and the, worship, uh, the worship singers sing, I want you to come up. I want you to pray. I want you to think about it. Do you believe in the resurrection? Is the resurrection true to you? Do these, do these arguments have any effect on you? Do they have you thinking in any way? I encourage you to put your faith in Jesus. If you already have your faith in Jesus, are you sharing the truth that Christ has risen? Are you embarrassed to talk about this? Because I want you to come up here and get prayed for boldness. You should be telling everyone about this. This should be the pinnacle of your life. This should be the highlight of your day. To think on the resurrected Jesus, this should change your mood. This should shift your focus in life. It's all for us or nothing for us. Christ raised from the grave. If everyone can bow their heads and close their eyes, I want us to get into some worship right now. Let's get into some worship. Let's focus. The Spirit wants to set some people free in here. He wants to change us. Ask Him, ask him right now, Father, save me. I believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave. I believe in the